It is great to see smiling faces this week. One thing I've become aware of, though, is that those of you who are still wearing masks, you can yawn and nobody knows. Um, the rest of us uh, have to be a little more uh, subtle in doing that. Hey, just want to add my congratulations to uh, Michelle and Pastor Jeremy and their family and the birth of their new child. Um, and uh, I'm assuming they're watching. I can't imagine they've got anything else to do this morning. Um, so congrats, you all. We, uh, we celebrate with you this morning. So as we continue to look at the Apostles' Creed this week, let's start this time by reciting it together. Join me as we share in the Apostles' Creed and really think about what it is we're saying that we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So our next phrase this week that we want to look at a few minutes, we believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. And to do that, we're going to use a few familiar scriptures to set the foundation for this. First, we read from Matthew chapter 16, after Jesus has talked with his disciples about who do the people say I am, and he heard their responses, and then he asked the disciples, who do you say I am? In verse 16, we read, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then a very familiar verse to most of you, if not all of you, from John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. And finally, from Luke's gospel, the Christmas story. Luke 2.11. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Together, these verses this morning are the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in this short phrase, we believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. There are three important statements of belief that we claim for our own. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the only son of God. Jesus is Lord. We're going to look at each one of those for just a couple minutes this morning and consider what they mean 
And do we really believe when we say this is what we believe? I believe in Jesus Christ. We know Christ was not the last name of Jesus, although we often say it that way, as if Jesus is the first name and Christ is the last name. You know that it's not meant to be a last name. Christ was a title given to the expected one of God. Similar to the Jewish term Messiah, this Greek term was translated Christ. Both meant the anointed one of God. Christ, Messiah, anointed one. For centuries... It had been kings who were anointed. Anointed as special leaders, often anointed with oil to signify their unique position of both service and power. And their anointing meant they were the one expected to establish or reestablish the kingdom to which they were given charge. In a similar way, the Christ, the anointed one of God, is the one who would come and establish his kingdom, the kingdom of God. So when we say we believe in Jesus, the Christ, we say we believe Jesus really is the Messiah. The anointed one of God who came to establish God's kingdom here on earth. So at that point we have to ask, about the consistency of our beliefs and actions. Do we just say we believe in Jesus and that he's the Christ? And we know what that really means. <clears throat> or are we willing to not only say we believe Jesus has come to establish the kingdom, but we live that out as we submit ourselves as loyal subjects to the anointed leader of the kingdom of God? Do we value his leadership above all else? That's what you would do with the anointed one. Value his leadership above all else. If we say we believe in Jesus Christ, will our lives show that we really believe? Or do we say one thing and do another? not really valuing Christ as the anointed one. St. Augustine said, Jesus is not valued at all until he is valued above all. Listen again. Jesus Christ is not valued at all until he is valued above all. Do we value Jesus above all? Or is that just something we read off of the screen and said in our words this morning? Is he really Christ in our lives? Or is it just in our words? We'll think about it a little more as we go this morning. The next part of the phrase that we looked at, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son or and to quote John 3.16, his only begotten son. This was a big deal. 
It was a big deal for the early church. Thinking about Jesus really being the Son of God, coming from God like a child from a father. The part that makes it interesting is that while Jesus was, is, always will be the Son of God, Jesus remains at the same time God himself. No, I can't explain that in three simple sentences. But it is fully our belief that Jesus is the Son of God and God himself. It was a big deal in the early church. Some of the other creeds besides the Apostles' Creed that we're currently looking at went on to say that Jesus is God's Son, but they added more to it. For example, in the Nicene Creed, they wrote it this way, talking about Jesus as the Son of God. He is the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. The sonship of Jesus mattered to the early church and it needs to matter to the church of today as well. It is a significant part of and a huge foundation of everything else we believe. See, one of the most important aspects of Jesus' sonship was seen in the customs of the day when Jesus walked on the earth in human form. Generally, at that time, in the world's history, a grown son in a household had the authority of his father. The same authority to direct those who were servants in the father's house. If you were talking to the son, in essence, you were talking to the father. The son represented the father's wishes and the father's desires and communicated them to all the members of the household. See, I hear that, and suddenly a passage of Scripture pops into my mind and takes on new meaning as I think about if you're talking to the Son, you're talking to the Father. Listen to these words of Jesus from John chapter 14. This begins at verse 7. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. 
So in accepting and embracing these words that Jesus said in Scripture, we're saying that we believe that Jesus, the Son, has the authority of the Father. That when we talk with Jesus, we're talking with the Father. That Jesus showed us the Father's wishes and desires when he walked on earth and that he communicated them to the household of God. Is that the Son of God we believe in? Do we understand that in Jesus we see God the Father and know him by knowing Jesus? What the church believes about Jesus matters. Do we understand when he came in human form and walked on the earth that he truly showed through his sonship the heart of the Father? If so, we should submit to the Son as though he were the Father. Because in fact, when we see Jesus, we see the Father in his Son. And we continue with our statement from the creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. When we get to this final phrase, our Lord, things get even more important, more serious. When, we're, when we proclaim anything or anyone as Lord, we're saying they get absolute control, total command. Of what was happening. We give up control. I'm not always real sure about that. I'm okay with being in control sometimes. So we're challenged. Do we willingly give up control and allow Jesus the Christ, God's Son, to become our Lord? Jesus as Lord was, was so crucial to the understanding of the early church that in fact the earliest creed in the church was simply this, Jesus is Lord. You've heard that. You've heard it said, you've heard that fact on occasion I would guess. The earliest creed, Jesus is Lord. And his lordship was of course, tied to the belief that he is God's son, the anointed one, the chosen one of God, and as such, deserves total control of all that would be his. When I say I believe in Jesus Christ, son of God, our Lord, when we say that, do we personally really mean he is our Lord, my Lord, your Lord? In the fullest sense, that Jesus is only Son, my Lord. Do we personally, individually, really surrender to His Lordship above all else? Do we? Well, it's not that tough to really know if we're honest. It's as simple as asking a question like, who really has control of my life? Who really has control? Is it me or some other person? 
Is it a job or an organization I belong to? Is it important obligations? Is it the extracurricular activity I or my family is committed to? Or do I honestly say Jesus has total control of my life, that Jesus is really Lord of all? When we proclaim Jesus as Lord, we're surrendering to him and his will completely. At that point, it becomes an issue of our faithfulness to his lordship. Does Jesus have control of us all the time? Our thoughts, our actions, our motives, what we say, what we do, what we don't say, what we don't do. Or do we sometimes like to step back into control ourselves and let what we want become the controlling factor in our lives rather than what our Lord wants? See, if we're truly surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, it means all the time, 100%. Jesus can't be Lord only part of the time. You know, the time when it's convenient for us. Let me offer you an example. If, for example, a husband is 80% faithful to his wife, would we consider him a faithful husband? Not a chance. Not a chance. There is no such thing as part-time faithfulness in a marriage between a husband and a wife. You're faithful 100% or you're not. Does the same principle apply to our lives under the lordship of Jesus? There is no way to say, I believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. And it only affects my life part of the time. It might be just on Sunday mornings. It might be in the mornings when I wake up and say a quick prayer. Maybe it's when I'm home where it's easier for Jesus to be Lord. Or any number of places we might choose. But there is no part-time faithfulness to Christ. It's either absolute commitment and faithfulness, or it's not lordship. And we don't get to use that word. We don't get to say it meaninglessly. He's either Lord, or he's not. He's either Lord of our lives, or he's not. So where are we? There is no part-time faithfulness to the one who would be Lord of our lives. Do we really believe those words we say in that creed? Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Or do we just claim it when it's convenient? Today, I want to encourage you to affirm that Christ is Lord in your life. Really, Lord. A hundred percent Lord. You believe Jesus Christ, His only Son, is your Lord 
If your answer is yes, absolutely, then we need to let it show in all that we say and do. And let it be for the honor and glory of the one we claim as Lord. If he's not, but you'd like him to be Lord, whether as a first time decision or as a realization that, well, that was the case at one point. I don't know about right now. All we have to do is ask with a simple prayer. Our oldest son called Janet the other day. He's uh, on the pastoral staff of a church in the Ashland area. Philip called and said, Mom, there's an elderly lady who wants me to come see her. She's in hospice care, nearing the end of life. She wants to be sure she's given her life to Jesus. In essence, she wants to be sure Jesus is Lord of her life. And so our son went and talked with her and shared with her and heard her say some simple things like, I've tried to live a good life. I've done the best I can. And his response was, well, that's both good and bad. The fact is, you can do as good as you can, and it's still not going to be enough. But the good news is, you don't have to be good enough. You only have to accept God's grace and forgiveness and allow him to come into your life and be Lord and she said something like well I think I did that a long time ago but I'm not so sure and he said to her all you have to do is ask again All you have to do is ask again for him to come into your life. And he said immediately, this elderly lady toward the end of life just started saying, come into my life again. Come into me again. Be my Lord again. And I'm thinking, yeah, I want that to be my prayer again. Every day. Come into my life and be my Lord again. Today. Come into my life and be my Lord again. Tomorrow. Is that our prayer? Every day. 100% faithfulness. To the Lord. Who would rule our lives out of love and compassion, in mercy and grace, 
if we allow the one we say is Lord to really be Lord. If that's not your daily choice, it can be. As simply as for that lady laying in bed saying, come into me again. We can choose that same thing. Let's do. Pray with me. Lord, sometimes we get busy, we get distracted, we get overwhelmed with life, and a lot of things tend to take control when what we've said is we believe you're in control because you're Lord. Rescue us from anything that would take your place, your lordship in our life. We believe you are the only Son of God, our Lord, the anointed one, the Christ. Work in our lives so that that stated belief becomes the ruling power in our lives, your power. Help us to live out what we say we believe. That you are Lord. And make that truth be for us 100%. Increase our faith, increase our faithfulness. That we can truly make you Lord and surrender to your Lordship. Jesus is Lord. We claim it, we proclaim it. We do that in his holy name. Amen.